This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kelly, your favorite consultant, publicist, and of course, show narrator, bringing you some of the best entrepreneur interviews that I find interesting. We want to show entrepreneurs how to start, sustain, and succeed in their business. So today, I have somebody so unique. You might have seen him on various shows. He's 13 years old. His name's Christian The Truth Jones, and his link's in the description, email, website particular will be there because he has a course that you can benefit off of about helping you gain money, helping your whole family, no matter what age. Yes, I did say he was 13, and he started this before the age of nine. Christian, welcome to the truth. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the truth. <laughs> welcome to the show. How you doing? <laughs> great. Um, thank you for having me. How are you? I am, I'm great. I'm great. And you're going to have to forgive me because there are going to be some questions that I don't ask you because I've seen you do various interviews. And I would tell everyone just they can Google your name. Um, Willie D is a friend of um, ours. And so I would definitely say go check out that Willie D interview where he did a very good interview. And when the legends do a good interview, we want to make sure people check them out. But what I want to, you know, first thing say is – I got this right that you started this before you were nine, correct? Yes. And, and, and I know in that interview with Willie D and others, you know, they've asked you, you know, how much money you have, something that that's not what we're going to focus on. But you've said, you, you know, a millionaire before the age of 13, which is great. I got to ask, because with that, you get a lot of hate. At 13 years old, how do you deal with the pressure of, you know, putting such a title on yourself and, you know, you got friends, family, wannabe girlfriends, all, you know, with darts and you're the face. How do you deal with that? I would say it's really just through self-discipline and really not caring, to be honest. It's just like, I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, you can continue either focusing on me or continue doing what you're doing. I really don't care what you do at the end of the day because I know where I'm headed and what my dreams and my goals are. Okay. And and not caring. I mean, even that with you grew up in this social media age where everything, you know, every opinion about your life, somebody can say, hey, I like her. I don't like that. How did you even grow that thick of a skin at such a young age? To be honest, probably just from family and just being around them, to be honest. Okay, fa- family, and, and is that – give credit where credit is due because in today's time, that could mean a whole bunch of things. Is it Was it mom, dad, aunties, uncles, what? All The whole package, mom, dad, um, aunties, uncles, cousins, um, friends, football, like, yeah. Okay. Definitely help. 
And, and, and I know, you know, you give a lot of credit to your mom for um, starting the, the stock. How, how was your pops with, you know, the stock? Is he um, a, a stock expert like yourself as well? No, nah, he doesn't really care for the stock market. He likes to stick to real estate. He tried to get into it a couple of years ago, but, and he did make some money from it, but he didn't, he was like, nah, this ain't for me. So he's just sticking with what he does now, which, like I said, is just real estate. Now, did he follow your plans, which is crazy that a father would be following the son at such a young age. Did he follow or did he kind of go off, off course a little bit? Now, he followed the plan. He was about to make sure he wasn't going to lose any money. Like, now, nah, what's the plan? What I need to do? All right. All right. Okay. Okay. And, and, I mean, you teach this stuff and let us know how many people you've taught this to. And also maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be an exact figure, but how many people have you found have maybe been able to quit their job or they lost their job and they've been able to replace their income, especially in these quarantine pandemic times? So I'll say um, to answer the first question uh, as far as how many people I've taught. I've taught over a thousand people so far. I, of course, plan to grow that number as time goes on. And then as far as people really just creating financial freedom and be able to day trade or well, I'm invest, but yeah, day trade or um, swing trade and basically become a trader full time. I would say at least three to 500. It really depends on, depends on what course they took, but I say at least three to 500. Well, those are, those are great numbers. Uh, you know, so congratulations on that. I mean, that's, that's fat. Yeah. That's, that's um, you know, they, you know how they have the biggie crown, the pitcher? Um, they got to, they got you know, before you're done, they'll have a crown um, for you by one of the, the artists, you know, the popular artists. With, you know, your courses and with those impressive numbers, I'm sure people say, well, how many people fail? But I can't tap into that because people take courses all the time and they don't follow through. So we can't even think about how many people fail. It's how many people are willing to do the work. So, you know, sometimes those are great numbers for people who are willing to do the work. But what do you find that the people, you know, who do succeed, is there a certain character trait or something like, do you see them logging in every day or every other day? Do you see any special trends? Yes, I do see a couple trends that everybody that's been successful so far has followed. I would say, number one, they do show up. We have Sunday coaching calls, so they show up every week ready to learn. Number two, they engage in the coaching calls. They're not just there with their mic and camera turned off listening to the whole thing. They're engaging. They're asking questions. They're helping other people. So they're engaged in the conversation. Number three, we also have a Facebook group. They're engaged in there, again, asking, well, asking questions, helping people, and just really making sure they understand everything. Number four, they make sure even after they already went through the whole course, they go back to the course, review the information because you always pick up on something a little different. It's like watching a, a movie or listening to a song multiple times. You might hear it. If you're listening to a song multiple times, you might hear a different lyric or a certain instrumental or beat that you might have not heard the first time or you're watching a movie. You might have saw something in that movie the second time that you didn't see the first time because you have a a higher level of awareness so they really just focus on those key things and really just put in the work in order to be successful that's i would say the main part like you said earlier on why a lot of people tend to quote unquote fail in courses because it wasn't the course was bad you just didn't put in the work 
or follow the steps in order to succeed. So therefore, you didn't get the end result, which was success in whatever that course specialized in. So putting in the work and let the folks know, I mean, you have different levels for courses. Have you found more success in people who have got the higher tier courses uh, and, and, and going to, you know, um, brag a little before they click and go check out everything that you have? So I don't, I'm not actually sure about that number. I probably need to run a survey or something. But so as far as my courses work, the higher tier, the higher tier courses, those are, those are more one-on-one where you have, they have access to me with the lower tier. They don't have really any access to me. So I'm not so sure about the success rate at the lower tier. So I'll probably run a survey on that and um, get that out just for myself as well. But definitely I know with the higher tier, a lot of people, since they're paying so much, they do, well, actually put in the work and the dedication in order to, of course, get their money back and be on that. Okay. And, and, and folks, I mean, this is just like any other type of school, university you'll go to that, I mean, go through the course. But, you know, if you're already in the mindset of you want to get your money back, um, you really need to check your, your mental and where you really want to go. Because I, I feel a lot of folks don't go to whatever the next level is because it starts with the brain. You know, you, you're not here by luck. You've put in thousands, if not tens of thousands of hours and you're only teaching stock, right? You're not, are you also teaching maybe wealth investment or Forex or any um, other type of ways to make or save and grow money? No, not at the moment. Just stocks and options and a couple of other, well, strategies that come into the stock market, but mainly just those. What's taking you so long, man? You're 13 years old. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, nah, that. I know you're a Les Brown certified, you know, speaker, which is a beautiful thing. Are you also a member of Toastmasters or the NSA? No, I'm actually not a part of either. Originally, I was during the early parts of my speaking career. I was going to join Toastmasters. But at the time, we were like living in Germany. So that didn't end up working out. And then eventually I just decided to do my own thing. I guess you could say like go independent and just practice at home. Okay. And, and not the NSA, which Toastmasters is for the beginner and those who, you know, I mean, everybody can stay in Toastmasters. I know Les Brown came through the ranks as well as so many others, but then the NSA is all about the money. Um, what about that organization? No, I'm not a part of them either. Okay. Okay. Again, um, the truth. I mean, what do you, what do you got to do? Schoolwork? Uh, talk, <laughs> talking about schoolwork, are you following any curriculum? Because you're making curriculum. So how do you go to school knowing that you're making more money than everybody in that school? Have you created your own curriculum for that and already graduated, uh, you know, with a bachelor's or PhD? No, I haven't uh, graduated just yet. Give me a couple years. But as far as the way I kind of see school, I just see it as more so. This is just for me personally. School is important. But for me, I kind of just see it as something I have to get done, and I'll try and get done as fast as possible. So if I can get that done faster by maybe doing extra work or doing whatever I can, extra credit, whatever, then let me do that. So the faster I get out of school, the faster I will have the freedom to continue working on my business even more. 
Now, what do you expect school at this level to give you? I was a terrible student, but like I tell folks, I knew I was a genius, right? And, and like Nipsey had said, we just didn't have a platform, uh, especially one in Oakland that was or in the Bay Area all around that could really like prove that without a, a side hustle of some sort, whether it be CDs, you know, whatever that hustle may be. But what do you expect to get out of school when, I mean, you, you got the money part. So math, they can't tell you, hey, you failed in this. And do you really feel that like the geometries and the social studies, you can't learn on your own? No, I feel like geometry, I definitely couldn't learn on my own. Um, that's not my strongest suit. But I guess if you say as far as social studies and history, I could definitely learn that on my own because I am a history buff. I like to do a lot of research just on different topics to see basically what happened and if that won't can happen again, because history does repeat itself. Even um, right now with, with, well, the whole economy when the pandemic originally hit and then the occurrence a hundred years ago with the roaring twenties. So history does repeat itself. Now it's just a matter of learning from the past history. So when it comes back into the present, we know what to do. How many, how many books do you read a month? I'll say a minimum of at least three a month. Okay, so that's I'm almost about a book five. a week. Yeah, oh. a book a week. Okay, you probably, you know, start one and come back. So that's why he couldn't tell you guys four because, he, 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 he you know, I know Miles Monroe always talked about he reads a book or two a week, whatnot. And I think that's a, the difference no matter what age or level you're at, it's what you're reading. Um, do, are you watching any of the VH1s or the trash TV? No, I'm not watching any of those. Uh, I mainly don't, I really don't even um, really watch any like TV or really just on the internet at all. The main, if I do have some free time and I just come on the internet or watch some TV, it's just going to be like boxing or football. I think a lot of times when people do these interviews with you, especially men, they can see um, their young self in you and you found a way to put it and highlight it, you know, even faster for the world to see what your gift and talent is. And we know your gift will make room for you, but the TV is a killer. Folks who are watching three, four hours of TV a day, it, it's the reason why you're having a clock in that nine to five, my personal opinion. I said it, not Christian. So don't, don't, you know, send him any hate mail. I'll take all the smoke. What, what do you think the future is for you and education? Um, will you graduate early? And if so, what age do you want to be done with high school? And do you plan on going to college and studying what? So I plan on doing both. I do plan on graduating early at 17 or earlier if I can. And as far as going to college, I also plan on going to college, mainly to play football, not necessarily for a higher education or degrees or to get a job, but mainly to play football. Okay. Okay. What, what, what school could you see yourself going to right now? What would be, you know, your number one or number two pick? I would say the top two picks would have to be Howard or Morehouse. Oh, wow. You're going to keep it with the HBCU. Okay. 
Okay. No, that's, that's beautiful. And, and, you know, that's shocking. Um, I went to a private school before going to Grambling State University, and my wife did too. And, you know, I call it the Harvard of the South. And I find that, you know, for me, growing up in the Bay Area where it was a mix, like the HBCU, it really showed you like every type of black person. Uh, you know, you, you every type. So what's making you lean towards the HBCUs? Really just I want to see what it's like to go there, to be honest. What I hold uh, HBCU, because I've heard the stories, I've seen the videos, so it's like, mm, this could be interesting. And, of course, keep it all, I can't say in the family, but all in the community as well, as far as money and monetary-wise. Okay. Did your people go to HBCUs as well? No, they didn't go to HBCUs. Um, some didn't go to college at all, but they didn't go to HBCUs. So I think I'm, I'm not sure because I got a big family, but I might be the first one. Okay, okay, yeah. I, you know I, that AU circle is is crazy. Um, when you say more more house, so if you haven't visited, have you visited yet? Nah, I was I was hoping to probably visit this year, but um, yeah. It's happened so with the COVID, so hopefully I can visit next year. Okay, yeah, you, you, woo, you, it, it's, it's nothing like that AU circle. I'm, you know, it when you see all these colleges and they're, you know, just close, it, it's something to see. As a young person, I went on a tour and I, my mind was blown because uh, you don't see that in in California. Um, I mean, you don't see black suburbs in California, so it, it's just kind of interesting. But um, what what would you study? Probably economics. Okay. And, and how far do you think at this point would you want to go with that? Bachelor's, master's, PhD? Hmm. I'm not actually sure. At okay. the moment, probably a bachelor. But I'm not actually sure. Okay. Well, I, I hope by the time you even get there that somebody gives you an honorary PhD. So then it just makes you have to even think more like, what else could I do? Because, you know, they give honorary degrees out to people who haven't accomplished everything. And you're only, you know, a little over a thousand taught. Um, you got to come in with the doctoral hat on your head. I'm here for bachelors, but I'm, I'm here to, you know, teach as well. How do you discipline yourself in the classroom, at, you know, and out of the classroom with money? Because, you know, in the social media age, some folks would have you in a Rolls Royce going to school, getting chauffeured off. So how do you discipline yourself? I would say as far as discipline, I've never been much of a spender unless I have to, I need something or I uh, want something that can help me improve. But I'll say as far as spending money, really, I would say it's just that. I don't, I don't need anything. Uh, workout equipment, don't need any. Um, books, I can either go find an audio book online or I got a whole like, library sitting right next to me. So I really don't need anything. So as far as spending money, it's really just more so how can I make my money, make more money for me? And then eventually, if I do need something, I have even more money to be able to get that thing. Okay. And, and so it's just something that if I don't need it, I don't need it. And I, and I think a lot of, I wish a lot of us would have that 
attitude. What do you think about the way, you know, we see, and I say we see, because what's on TV and on social media isn't always what it seems. You know, there's a lot of rented stuff being in the industry for dang near two decades. I've seen rented houses before they go on BET and, you know, MTV. So I tell everyone it's fake. But what do you think about some of the spinning habits you see, um, particularly with black people? I would say, to be honest, it needs to be fixed. And we really just got to change our mindsets from a consumer mindset of buy, buy, buy. Like even with the chicken wars, and I guess you could say with Nike and their Jordans and the new releases as far as that, but I mean, you use the chicken wars, even that with everybody trying to basically get the Popeye's chicken sandwich and make a video, I guess, cloud chase and just trying to go viral famous because they ate a sandwich. That's a consumer mindset. An investor's mindset is like, Who's behind the chicken sandwiches and who do most of these companies get their chicken from? Tyson and Tyson Foods. Now it's Tyson Foods on the stock market. Yes, they are. Can I invest in trade in Tyson Foods and make money as these little chicken wars well happening and has Tyson Foods going up while the chicken wars are happening? Yes. So you could have made money from Tyson. You know, I guess also about the chicken sandwich with the money you made from Tyson. So you really just want to see the thing about an investor's mindset. You really always want to see uh, whatever is happening in a, maybe another country here in the U.S. or whatever. How does it affect a company that's on the stock market and how can I make money from it? You just really just put all the dots together like a detective. And then, of course, you make the trade, you make your investments. Boom, you're making money. Now, I'm here and I sometimes get a, a hater alert. I can hear the haters right now and say, Kellen, this, this is a, a hybrid RoboCop type of a, a, a human being. And with, you know, uh, what is it? Christmas 9 with gene modification. Can you just tell the people now if you've had any, you know, gene modification that you know that allows you to think at such a higher level than most at your age and even adults? No, there's no gene modification. I, I'm not a robot. I'm a normal person. I just invest and trade. Okay, okay. I, I, I just find it, um, I find it interesting that you can cut off your, you know, all the wants as a young person. Because many young people, I have kids 10 and 6, and they're about to join your program for real. <laughs> and they're watching all your YouTubes because they want to, they say, we want a house even bigger than what we're living in now. And we want to pull bigger than what we have now. And grown people aren't invited. It's just going to be them and their, you know, some of their favorite aunties, right? We, we can only come to visit. And I say, well, you got to make that money. But they, you know, a lot of them would get a, mine would probably get a million dollars and think, oh, I can go buy a million dollar house where <laughs> you would say, let me see how I can flip a million into 10, into 100 where does that come from? Is it that what you think you're reading or maybe what your parents or somebody is showing you, like how are these ideas and thoughts of an investor's mindset, how do they even come about? I would say it really just came from how my parents raised me just to think differently and try and go, well, basically think out the box and just, be different and not go with the flow of the crowd. And then I guess you'd say it just natural to me as well. Well, technically, I, well, more so 
your environment that you're raised in definitely helps become make it more natural and it seems normal to me now but I guess the other people might not seem as normal but yeah I'd say more so just how I was raised well we we preach and teach over here at this household normal is for losers you know normal is broke normal is in debt normal doesn't go see the world where we know that you know last time I checked 70 percent of Americans don't even have a passport and I'm into registering my clients you know, in global business, because Africa is booming, mm-hmm. and it needs us. And even when you were talking about consumership, and people buy, you know, whether it's the, the chicken or the clothing, it doesn't make sense to me how you'll have somebody buy Gucci, and won't take that same Gucci or whatever the designer is, and go make their own brand. I mean, this brand right here is straight from Cameroon. But that's where we have, you know, investment and where my wife is from too. And I I just don't get it. Like, why would you not want to get a piece of the pie and be a consumer? I know Africa is on your mind. What are you thinking for you and the future plans of Africa? I would say for me, really bringing other business owners and people that want to invest and reinvest back into Africa and just really helping them get on their feet. Well, not get on their feet, but like, basically know how things work over there so really just build so i'll say the main two things build infrastructure provide job opportunities bring other business owners over there help get them set up and then they can go out on their own once they know how everything works and they've gotten well everything they need to get in place is in place so now they can go out um get their own houses and well do what they do now i grew up with africans and everybody, but I would hear Africans talk about having maids as a kid at your age and even before. And I'm like, oh, I thought we had a nice house, but maids and chauffeurs we don't have. What got you interested in Africa? I'll say the main things were really just the protest, to be honest. Just the protest and everything that's going on over here is like, Okay, I gotta leave. I gotta leave this, and then I've decided to do. Like I said, I'm a history buff. I like to do a lot of research, so I decided to do more history on well, Africa, and specifically the the western western region, which is mostly Ghana, Senegal, Akon, um, Gambia, the Smiling Coast, which is I don't think is as known as the other two. But I decided to do some more research on those and see what place I would like to go to first. And my top two picks right now are between Gambia and Ghana. So it's kind of difficult to choose. Don't choose. Don't choose. Go to both. And if you want to take your audience with you offline, I'll show you how we took 30 people to Kenya. And we had three tours sold out this year. Um, and you know, the, I'll, I'll give you the details offline cause it's an influencer package. That means influencers go free and you know, there, there's all type of other perks that the audience, um, no need to bother me about that folks. It's kind of like an invite only thing. Um, but it's, it's, it's something that I think that once you go, you're going to say, why would I want to go back? Cause you can make money anywhere in the world. So why not $3,000, you're rich in pretty much every African country, you know, a month, you're rich. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure you're doing um, well and above that. Have you watched any of the uh, 
influencers who are in Africa and repatriate it back? Mm, not many. I probably need to find more. I know some, I watch some that are currently in Africa right now and are trying to basically do what I just said I was trying to do. So I have been paying attention to them and watching them right now. But those who have well, basically came back, no. Okay, okay. It, it, man, it, I, I'm so excited and happy that you are going to take that journey because so many folks, I mean, you know, my age and older are still scared to go out of the country. They're going to hurt us. They're going to, you know, they're, they'll kill us, kidnap us. <laughs> And what do you, you know, what do you see? You have a lot of still growing to do, you know, and there's this cancel culture. Do you worry that at some point at maybe 15, 16, you'll say or do something that somebody will snap a picture of, record you on, you didn't even know, and then they're saying, hey, you need to apologize and we're going to, you know, try to cancel the truth. But you can't cancel the truth. You can just stop watching. But, you know, do you ever think about that and have any contingency plans on how to, like, you know, deal with those types of things? I have thought about that because I am a, a public figure. And the main reason I get to that I try to deal with it is by even, even just before I became, well, the truth, always thinking about how this action and – will affect and what will be its consequences like how how can this play out like if i do this will have negative consequences will it be a positive like what will happen if i do this so i always trying to think um ahead and just not trying to quote unquote live in the moment but know basically what's going to happen if i ended up taking this action and how that how that could affect me so really just thinking before you act and well of course making sure you around the right people as well, because I believe that plays a big part into people making bad decisions. You gotta make sure you're around the right people and very light-minded people that are either on a higher level than you or that are either on a higher level than you. Like you wanna go with the people that are um, above you or making more money, maybe have a better, not a better, but maybe thinking on a different level because they can help you really get to that level as well. And then you guys can continue to grow together. But even with those people at a high level, and, you know, folks like Cat Williams have spoke about some of the craziness that comes behind the scenes in entertainment, being a public figure, and even, you know, how they, they blacklisted uh, him after saying some of those things and he was able to come back. But, you know, do you, do you think, too, like, hey, even going to a higher level type of event party, I still have to watch myself within these circles because I tell people all this, folks, nine out of 10 don't love you. You know, you're here for the moment. You're here to benefit them. And as soon as you're not beneficial, they wipe their hands. You know, does that, you know, enter your head? Are you like, Kellen, come on, man. Don't get on the gloomy. <laughs> I'm, I'm 13, living my, my best life. But yeah, I have thought of that. Again, it's just really for me, just thinking before I act or do something stupid, and as far as I can just say, just going to like social events, parties, drinking, all of that, um, definitely not going to be drinking or smoking. So that's not going to be happening as far, as far as going to parties. I barely probably won't even go to those because I'm not a big party person. I'm more so stay at home, 
um, maybe watch TV, box, or go to the gym and go on with my life and parties and, and trying to be social and all of that, that's not for me. Okay, okay. And, and do you at all, you know, worry about my presentation as far as, you know, look, because that's something that folks will put pressure on you. And I know, you know, for me, I tell people the way I come out, the way I come out with these red frames, I'll come to your wedding like this, right? I'm going to be me. Do you, do you worry at all about your, um, you know, your wardrobe or if I put this on and what the people will think of me? Mm, no. Be honest, no. Um, another thing I really don't care about because at the end of the day, I'm a person, I have my own opinion, and I'm just mean. If you don't like me, you can just get off my page. I, I mean, what you don't, I'm not going to change for anybody. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing, focus on me, and whatever look, image, or anything I present, that is me. That's 100% authentic. I'm not a fake person. I'm not going to be trying to present this image, which I know I'm not. So, again, just stay me. Okay. No, that I love it. I love it. Now, outside of stock and, you know, finances, do you have any other plans um, to write a series of books, documentaries, or possibly even music or something like that? Um, music, no, no, I'm not doing the music. Can't sing, can't rap. But as far as documentaries, I do plan on doing a documentary um, on myself. But I do plan on do doing the documentary. And then as far as going into other ventures, I would say just besides stocks, it would really just be real estate and, well, yeah, real estate and sports. But that's about it. Did you say Forex? No, not Forex. Sports. Oh, sports. Okay, now give, give me your opinion on on Forex because I have people I, I've interviewed a uh, few people here on Forex. One of them is a friend of mine who went from Australia, black guy, his family from Ghana. He went to Africa for a summer. He never returned, and he said, "This I'm teaching Forex." He went to over like ten countries. Rodney, um, some of y'all might remember that, and he he checked and he's teaching it. And I mean, he's created other businesses. What is your thought on Forex? To be honest, I don't have much of an opinion. I know I'd be seeing like those little Forex, well, Instagram bots um, all the time on my page and on other pages. But as far as the actual thing with actual like Forex traders, I don't have much of an opinion because I've never really delved too deep with it myself. Like I learned in like, I guess the bare, bare minimum, but I've never really delved too deep with it myself. So it could be another venture. I'm not looking into it um, at the moment, but it could be a potential venture I might go into. Okay. And what, do you, what is your opinion on cryptocurrency? Same thing as Forex. I don't know much about it. Like, I know Bitcoin. That's about it. Okay. Okay. And I, I tell people, if you have any, don't tell anybody <laughs> how much you have. And that's the quickest way to get it stolen. Um, you know, you have those people, eh, I got, you know, $22 million in crypto. And then next week they don't have any. So you really kind of stick with what you know. And in the sports now I, I'll have somebody tell me, why didn't you ask him? What does he think about, you know, concussions in sports since he wants to go play collegiate football? Is he at all worried that that could impact his brain in the long term? And I played up to college. I went to school to play college. Um, only way I could have got in was because of football at the small school. But I got to ask, what are your thoughts on, you know, the whole concussion, CTE, and all that? 
I would say really just trying to prevent it as much as you can yourself was mainly not leading with your head, is a, which is a lot of things people end up doing because they get concussions, they end up leading with their head. And I would say also, I guess I would say more so on the position you play as well, because if you want more so the defensive side, you're not taking those big hits as much if you were like a running back or especially a receiver, keeping crack backs. But I would say it really just about being smart and make sure you play the game right, which is to use your shoulders again, not try and take hits with your head, not lead with your head, and just do as much as you can to prevent it. Man, that's 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 that's, that's real. With all the success that you have had, what is a community give back that you're doing now or that you want to do in the future? So let's just say this. I will be having a special ran in December, which is my birthday month. So you guys can be looking out for that. And this goes for my courses. So I'm going to say that's going to be coming out. So, But as far as community events that I've done in the past, um, I did a HBCU free stock class. I did another one where I gave about about $75,000 worth of, well, information and classes to also HBCU or former HBCU students. So those are some of the things I've done for the community just this year alone. Man, what what a, a treat that a student can get because they can say, wait, hold on, who's giving this to me? A teenager. Now, they, you know, they can say, it's giving me money at an HBCU. You know, I think that courses like yours should be taught, you know, before college. But I think there's also a lane. Um, we do um, some government contracting and they always have, you know, the government buys everything. And I think a course like yours is needed, especially at your local level because you can go to someone and say, look, I've already taught over a thousand students. I've proven what I can do. Now you guys can give me money to um, almost like a franchise type system, right? And you still own it, of course, but that's something I think needed because we need to be taught, you know, black folk, but even just young people need to be taught. Yeah, I put myself in that young category, folks. I'm not 40 yet. We need to be taught from people who have our voice, you know, to have Stephen Hawkins tell you in that voice, some of us might catch it, but some of us might be like, man, I don't, come on. I need to hear it from somebody who has the tone that I'm used to hearing. So I, I would love to see that in the future because the government should buy that all day from you. What do you think it, it makes your course unique? I'll say really just, I want to say necessarily like one-on-one, but more so it's a lot more personal. And we do try to make sure the clients are good. If they have any questions, um, they can sometimes call us. Of course, not all the time because that just gets annoying and we're busy, like we have lives. But they, um, when we have some time, we might do some free, not free, but some Zoom meetings or Q&As where they can just ask questions they may have. Um, randomly, they might, uh, like I said, pick up the phone, call us, text us, ask questions in the Facebook group. We'll get to them as soon as we can, as long as they're not getting on our nerves and making sure they're actually putting in the work at the end of the day. Because if you're not putting in the work, but you're asking all these questions, then I just can't help you. But if they are putting in the work and they just maybe need some um, quickly answered, then we will respond to them and make sure they're good in that department. And sometimes we will, like I said, just take out the time to make sure they're understanding the information. So that's the biggest thing for me is that 
not that you learn the information, but you understand the information. You know how everything works and how everything moves and synchronizes together. So you know what to do when you're in a, maybe a high pressure situation in the market or uh, something's happening very quickly in the market. So you already know what to do. And that is another reason I, or another point I want to make as well is that we mostly have our clients when they're first starting off and just first getting into the markets. And most of them are beginners and obviously don't know anything. Like these aren't some... Um, people that have been investing and maybe even trading a little bit for years, like, you know, just normal people that um, don't really know anything about the stock market or are ready to learn. So we have them start off with the paper trading, which is basically simulated trading with fake money. And we have them, well, start off with that, at least for the first couple of weeks so they can build up all their experience there. And they get to experience everything that you would do in the real markets there, make all your mistakes, uh, know what buttons to push, what buttons not to push. Make sure everything's good there. And then once you understand everything towards the end of the course and you already paper traded, then you can go into the real parts of the market and use real money. And you already know what to do. You already know what mistakes are avoidable and how to avoid those mistakes. So it's really just about building that experience, again, putting in the work, and then you'll get the results at the end of the course. I got another hater alert because I, I, I hate talking about what something costs because people can click. But honestly, we know there are some people who they'll talk themselves out of it before checking it out. So can you talk about the range of the beginner course versus, you know, the premium platinum diamond course where they do have access? What's the range for that? And at what age is it for? So... Most of my courses are for adults. I've had, had, well, I've had peers. I can't say children. I've had peers um, take those courses as well. So anybody can be however old, as long as you pretty much know like basic math and some really basic vocabulary and terminology, then you'll be fine. But as far as the tiers, I guess you say for adults or what's considered my adult courses, you have Stops 101, which is, if you round it, $100 or $99.99. That one just gives you basic investing fundamentals and stocks and how to choose a great company. That is for those that just want to pick their own 401k or portfolio and just want to know the process on how to do that. They don't want to get into trading. They just want to invest. Then you have gold tier, which is Black Wealth Matters. So in Black Wealth Matters, you get everything you, well, you receive everything you have in Stocks 101 and you learn how to swing trade, which is a more long-term trading strategy. So it's for those that maybe have a full-time job or don't want to put in as much time into trading, or maybe they have a business, so they just want to make passive income on the side. And then you have the final tier, which is the True Success Series, which is 4997 which gives you everything you get in the other courses, as well as how to day trade, scout, position trade, and really all the strategies that we've learned over the time you get those in the course. So even as we continue to learn everything we continue to learn and we make sure, of course, we understand we're giving out the right information we give to them. And, and is it um, a lifetime once you pay or is it an annual deal? It's neither. Um, <laughs> so as far as the stocks one one, that one is about 30 days, about a month. Like it's a two hour long course. It's like, it's not it stocks. I mean, there's not that much to go over, and then you're just picking a company. So that one you have access to about 30 days, and then the Black Wealth Matters, that course is eight weeks, and then we have four live training calls for well, every Sunday. 
And then you have the True Success Series. That one is a year-long access to it. And then as far as the training calls, we do about 12 weeks. Okay, okay. So it, it, it's real academy and you're, you're done. I'm just wondering because, you know, you have folks, oh, okay, I'll pay 4000 but I get access to you. And when you were talking about earlier, people bothering you, I was just laughing inside because I know how that can be, you know, about absolutely nothing. Um, that that's the life of an influencer. You are definitely that. Well, I don't want to give the folks a game overload. I, I want to um, take the conversation offline, folks, because I want to give Christian something of the information because I think you'll be seeing him in Africa, Asia, and everywhere in between. But I want you guys to like, share, subscribe wherever you're listening to this or watching. The truth. I appreciate you, brother, and stay tuned. Thank you for having me. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.